Okay. You ready over there with your fancy hat? I'm ready. Okay. Ready when you are. Just, you know, mind the microphone this time. <laughs> Perfect. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Screenshotted. <laughs> Let's go on the Twitter. Straight Red Plex, you are listening to Straight Red. I'm your host, Jeff Ross, and with me, as always, uh-huh. the future head coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies. Oh, topical. Alex Soccer Kibler. Yeah. Alex, uh-huh. you're not qualified. No. I, there's very little that I'm qualified, but I think of all the things I can think of, quote, uh, coaching a Power 5 football team is, <laughs> is pretty... Pretty up there on the list of things I can't do well. Yeah, I agree with you. How did you fool these people into hiring you? I'm an alum. That that plays. That's mm. something that plays, right? Mm. Um, you know, I I I went and spent all my money on one watch. So they think I have a lot of money. It's perfect. How, they know you bought a watch. <laughs> I showed it to them. I did one of these nonchalant like Sears commercial. Right. poses yes. when I was interviewing. Apple Watch. Yeah. It looks like it's gold, but it's not because I'm not that well. <laughs> it's aluminum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. Perfect. See, that one was better, right? You could almost play with that. No, yeah, you did okay. We're, you're, you're I least, do great every single time. You're, you're, you're at least the- pitching me stuff now, which is good. You know, I, the potato one still sticks out to me. <laughs> that was one of my classics. It was a great one. You know, it'll, it'll live in infamy, I think. Or, or for me, or you know, our dozen fans that we have, have at least two fans, at least two. Oh, is that beer pouring? That's exciting. Even better. Do it's you? Let wine. me ask you this question. It's box you, wine. I'm pouring into a pint glass. Wait, you're pouring box wine into a pint glass? That's the most like straight red thing I've ever heard. Cheers. <laughs> Drink up. <laughs> I didn't pour a pint of wine. No. I just want to. Half pint. That. Half pint. Listen, I'm not trying to win any prizes here. Yeah. Uh-huh. You were mumbling about something before I cut you off? No, no, own. please. Let's talk about your box wine habit. It's great. We killed the box the other night, and now we have another one. Oh, good job, you two. Yeah. Where is Dixie? Dixie's finishing work. She might <sighs> pop into the show a little bit later on. We'll have to see. Oh, excellent. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. As you know, she is a longtime favorite of the show mm-hmm. and friend of the program. Mm-hmm. So when you become the Virginia Tech Hokies head coach, yeah. how much am I going to be paid in consulting fees? Um, half. So I've got a number. Half of my $0 salary. I told him I could Seven. do it pro bono. <laughs> $1,000. That number sounds familiar. I'm not sure why. Oh, me. And I'll never forget it. Well, we had some exciting times in the 2015 Audi MLS playoffs presented by Audi. Is it Audi and, or uh, Audi? Because you said it, both in that same sentence. Split the difference. Audi? Can't, huh? can't be wrong. Four games, Alex. Yeah. Happened. 
Well, that would be not paying attention because you can't be bothered on Sundays. Oh, You're please. Tape from your previous game as Virginia Tech Hokies head coach. You know, it's our it's our rest day. <laughs> yeah, but you're in looking the at the Yeah, I was. I was I was in the film room. Let's start at the top. DC United might need to go back to the film room on this one. Oh, you need to write your jokes. DC United lost to New York Red Bulls at RFK. Alex, your thoughts. Well, first thing, let me say this. That's the best, you know, and I haven't watched every DC United match this year, but that's the best crowd I've seen at that stadium this year. The crowd was hopping, the crowd was into it. And, you know, it's DC nil, RBNY one, um, Red Bull with the massive road goal. Gingers, if you're not aware, uh, actually, let me even take one step further back. Uh, if you're not aware, um, the MLS playoffs uses, at least in the semifinal round and the, excuse me, the quarterfinal and the semifinal round, um, uses uh, what's called the away goals rule. Uh, every, matchup is, yep. every matchup is played over two legs. Um, so they play one at each stadium um the away goals rule means that the first tiebreaker is the team that scored the most goals away from home um now this is one of those rules that some people love and some people really really hate um i am a huge proponent of the away goals rule because it means you get into a lot of these situations where you're not going to have both teams playing to go to extra time you know trying to just get out of regulation one team normally in this situation has to push because mm-hmm. they either have the you know they're, they're down and the other team had scored an away goal it's really really fantastic stuff um and red bull got their away goal header from dax mccarty four yards out everyone forgot yeah. the little ginger was there sort of just left on his lonesome yeah. Um, but DC looked really threatening in the first 30 or 40 minutes. They, they attacked well. They, they're good in the air, as we all know. Uh, Sabarillo looks good in the air every single week. Spindleless crosses are like almost always laser precision. But the thing is, is that if you're DC United and you know you have the run of play, you've got to put a goal away in this situation. You can't let a team like Red Bull um, sort of uh, hang around there. And if you are a fan of the stats in, in this game... Uh, New York Red Bulls, 18 shots, DC United, 10, nine of the Red Bull shots were on target. Yeah. None of DC shots were on target. Not a single one. Yeah. And here's why this is tough. DC's at home. Yeah. You've got, you've got to get something on the board at home. You know, you really do. Just going to Red Bull Arena, I know it's not a fortress, but it's not easy to win there. I believe that they lost there this year 2-0 and 3-0. Like, D.C. has not had a lot of love no, in that building it, this year. And they're not going to this weekend. No. It's not going to happen. I really do see the New York Red Bulls walking away with this thing right into the conference finals. I, I don't see a way back for D.C. unless they're going to play very differently. Like, they lost the possession game. They lost the shots on target. They didn't have as many crosses. They didn't have as many corner kicks. Well, that's the, the thing with DC. Was less. They didn't have, like. If you're ah. DC United, you need to have you need to have good service into the box. Whether that's from set pieces, whether that's from crosses, let those big bodies go to work for you and get sort of headers on goal. That's when you're playing your best. Mm-hmm. If you're DC United, and if you can't do that, then a team like Red Bull, who's very athletic, they they play with a lot of space. 
Um, they're tenacious defenders. They're going to give you a hard time, a really, really, really hard time. They are. They are. They are going to give you a really, really hard time. Uh, but the New York Red Bulls, I, I don't think DC is the team that's going to stop them this year. I, I they don't look that way. No, I, Sasha Question, you know, is showing his class. You know, he's he he looks like a hipster from Brooklyn. He's fitting in well, I find, <laughs> in, in the New York scene when you look at him. He's got like the little buccaneer mustache and goatee type of deal. He's like a pirate. He's like a He's midfield like pirate. A midfield pirate. Alex Escobar. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, that game was decent. I got frustrated by the Portland-Vancouver game. Not because it wasn't entertaining. It was entertaining. Oh, it was very entertaining. It yeah. was very entertaining. These are, these are two great teams. But to me, on any other day, I really think Portland wins this game. But on this day, they, they looked really sluggish. And I have to say, playing 10,000 minutes in the previous game, I think it hurt them. That being said, Vancouver playing a depleted side, getting no goals away, that's a problem. Yeah, but at the same time, if, you, if you're going in there and you're saying, all right, I'm going to get a, a road draw, I, that might be you it's know, not a, a bad result. No, it's, it's not. not. In and fact, and you Vancouver saw them cheering. Result. Yes, you saw them cheering on the sideline and congratulating each other after the match. For Vancouver, um, it's a good result. For Portland, it's a bad result. Um, oh, 100% have, it is. What's that? I said 100% it is. You, you know, Milano had a great chance in the very beginning of the game. Um, you know, there were some chances missed. Octav- uh, Octavio Rivero had a chance late in the first half, if I remember, uh, where he, he basically was standing on the penalty spot and couldn't put the ball in the, on frame. It, it's that kind of thing that, you know, those teams are sort of displaying out there. But David Usted, the goalkeeper Oof. for Vancouver, Oof. Kept them in there and had many great saves, including with probably the save of the postseason. If you want to go watch the highlights of this, there's a save that he makes in the second half where the ball is might be sort of inch perfect, upper 90, right in the corner, and he, like a cat jumping, <laughs> paws it away. Just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and, and Portland he, he had looked, a great game. He did, he and a- Portland looked really good the last twenty minutes, but they couldn't. They couldn't, you know, break through. Usted was was all over him. Uh, Aruti hit the post. You know what That's I mean? That's the like, one I was just, thinking of. Aruti has this shot that like <laughs> that should have gone in. Oh god, it really should have gone in. He was unlucky there. Uh, uh, David Usted, he he looked very good. I mean, this is he's tied for um, the uh, the shutout record for the season. Him and David Corse, who was not in this game due to due to the flu. Yeah, yeah he was a late scratch. Late scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Gleason did he he did well, you know, in backup. But I expect uh, Adam to be back uh, for the the away match in Vancouver. But David David's good. David's good. There's there's no he may be in fact like the best keeper in the league. And the tough part, Gingers, is you may not see a lot of the Vancouver games because mostly they're on Canadian TV. Uh, so unless you have MLS Live, you're probably missing a lot of these matches. But he's been good all season. This isn't new. I would uh, also say this: if Darlington Nagby can do what he did in this game in a U.S. shirt, all of a sudden he becomes really useful. You know, a lot of times they try to Portland tries to play him out wide, and I don't think that's his best position. He, he's good when he's running the ball from box to box, running at. Defense. Defenders. And, and as often as you can get that to happen, the better. But if you're Portland, you do have to have some hope here. Mm-hmm. You do have, to have some hope here. Uh, you came in a little sluggish, but you were putting shots up there. Like he, uh, David had to have six saves. Like, yeah. this, this, well, this wasn't an easy day uh, for him. Also, Vancouver does not have a great home record. So 
BC Place is not necessarily a fortress. No, it's you very much not. You can't steal this at BC Place. But they're going to have a tough time. This, this isn't going to be easy. It's not going to be easy at all. I can't wait to hear your pick on this one. When oh, we've, you, you know what I'll do, and it, I know what you'll do. It's going to be great. great. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Montreal, Columbus. Montreal 2, Columbus 1. What an interesting game. You know, first of all, shout out to Montreal fans. That atmosphere there, fantastic. And it looked bad early. Well, I mean, Drogba had that goal, that almost goal in the eighth minute, where, let me, I'm trying to remember how this went precisely. So the ball's played into him, he touches Mm. it, it hits the keeper, it hits Drogba's arm and goes in the goal, and it's waved off for handball. Yes, but if you were watching it live, yeah, it looked like it came it off his chest. And from where the camera was placed, yeah, it looked like it bounced off his chest into the goal. And then when it was waved off, it's like, what? What happened? That looked clean. And all the replays kept showing whether it was off sides or not, which yeah. it wasn't. Uh, and because that's all they showed, like I, as an audience, and I imagine many of you, were like, well, what's the problem? <laughs> like, why was this? Done. Uh, why was this waved off? And then, as the commentators correctly pointed out, it's like, well, you know, Drogba didn't really fight this one. No, after yeah. It got <laughs> waved off. Yeah. And they found the correct view, and it, it hits him right in the hand um, and bounces in. If it, honestly, if it had hit his, the way it had hit him, if it had gone to his foot and then he kicked it in, I think the goal would have stood. Oh, yes. Because there was no way for him to move his hand in that particular scenario. But because it hitting his hand created the goal, that's why I got waved off. That's probably that's my true. read of it anyway. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. I'm fine with that read. But you're thinking early in this game that you're in trouble if you're Montreal. A big, huge road goal from Iguain. Oh, um, big you know, off of a, a cross in the box, terrible, frankly, defensive header from Didier Drogba. He's not back there to defend. That's not why he's there. Oh. So when, and you saw why he's not back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and you're sort of looking down. You have your heads uh, held low. But what a header from Patrice Bernier off of a corner. You, you, what's so great, and I, we said this last week, what's so great about having Didier Drogba is that it gives guys like Patrice Bernier and Ignacio Piatti room, not just you know in the midfield because he's drawing two defenders every time that you're, you have possession, but mm-hmm. especially off of set pieces. You know, if, if you are a team that's trying to coach against the Montreal impact, step one, make sure that Drogba doesn't beat you in the air because he will if you don't let him. I, I, I know he's only been here for like half a season, but frankly, no one has figured out how to deal with him. Yeah. No one he's played. The amount of goals he's scoring, and not only that, the amount of chances he's creating for his teammates opportunities elsewhere and no one's really been able to address it the only thing that's ever slowed him down is when he's injured but (laughs) nothing else seems to really be stopping him so yes he didn't walk out of here with a goal but he was involved the entire match well and i think you know as my as the virginia tech head coach head football coach i might Mm -hmm. start him at middle linebacker that tackle he had (laughs) on the goalkeeper uh was pretty good technique i think like if you haven't seen it ginger's Drogba gets probably the stupidest yellow card that you can really imagine. He sort of falls down the box and then just decides he's going to hold on to the leg of the goalkeeper and, like, tackle him. And the, the referee is like, really? Like, what are you doing? And you have to, you have to give him Of course you do. Card. What an idiot. Uh, the official reason was unsporting behavior. Well, I would consider that unsporting. Unsporting behavior. Form tackle. 
great game. It looked like the away goal was going to really help Columbus. Turns out not so much. Oh, and poor Michael Parkhurst. He's got to just be sick to his stomach. Just fall, falls over. Venegas picks the, you know, picks the ball up. Drives in on goal. If he didn't score, it would have been Drogba that scored. You know, you, oh, you're yeah. putting yourself in a terrible situation there. And uh, credit to Venegas for taking it. Yes. Because I thought watching it, and I'm sure you did as well, it's like, oh, he's going to go to the cross. Drogba's going to oh, Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what, though. If he misses that and mm-hmm. Drogba's there with Oof. a tap in, can you imagine the, the crowd? What the crowd oh, would have been like in Montreal? Oh, I know that poor kid. I mean, he's good for him that he buried it. Yeah, and and I and I maybe I'm giving him too much credit, and we can all stop me if I am. But I imagine the thought in his head was everybody thinks that the, the cross is coming to him, so they're all prepped for that. They're yeah. all prepped for the the Drogba shot, and if he shoots it, he actually has the better chance of making the goal. I mean, when you're and also you had a chance to score a goal in the playoffs. When you're in on the goalkeeper, that that's that one. When you're in on the goalkeeper, you know it's just you and a guy and the keeper. You know, I, I think it's a matter of this guy has stars in his eyes. But I'll tell you what, Drogba would have never let him hear the end of it if he had missed that shot. Or if he had missed it? Oh, no. No, no, no. Especially if they can't get it done conclusively in Columbus. You, you would never hear the end of it. Yeah. Never at all. Then well, I- then, well, as I say, and then, you know, there's a track meet, which someone told me there was a track meet on TV, except it was just FC Dallas's counterattack. I, I could have been confused for a track meet. You wrote that down, didn't you? I didn't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> My jokes that I write down are far worse. Why don't you write jokes, Mr. Comedy Writer, and give them to me? Write them in my voice. Can you do that? I probably could. They would all be bad. Well, they'd be better than my bad ones, <laughs> generally speaking. Uh, true story. You know, what the people love, Alex, is that you yeah, try. I'm, listen, I want to have this, – this needs to be a quality show. Quality. I'm trying to bring quality to this program, and I feel like you don't appreciate my efforts first and foremost. Oh, ow. It hurts. Yeah, I, I it don't hurts. I Words don't. can hurt, Jeff. I don't. <laughs> Words can hurt. But. You're not appreciated. Nope. Uh, I'm always doing hashtags against you. Yep. And uh, trying to get people to make fun of you who you don't even know. Yeah, this is this. Why do we do this? Why I don't understand. Why? Which part don't you understand? Why? Well, why I like to just have a show where I get crapped on <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> this is my idea. Time. This is my show idea. It was it my idea to have a show. You asked me to do it. I did. Well, anyway, if you're a Dallas fan, you know what their <laughs> counterattack is like. For those of us who don't get to see them very often, they're uh, so lethal on the break, it's ridiculous. And once again, another team where they get that early road goal and they're like, hey, we're onto something here, you know? Um, well, I mean, can you blame them? You're, you're, you're at Century Lake Field. You're, you're playing in the, what is the – in MLS anyway. Like those are the big lights. That those, that's the team you want, to, you want to perform in front of. You have a chip on your shoulder because jerks like me keep saying like, ah, yeah, I know they have 60 points, but I'm not impressed, which is a weird thing to say. I admit to that. Yeah. Uh, and you score a goal in the 18th, so fairly early in yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Seattle doesn't even answer for the first half. You got to be feeling pretty good. You do, you know. And both go- here's the thing with Seattle, though, and we've talked about this till our, our teeth fall out. Is that both of the goals 
are just fantastic individual skill. Both of them. Even Shits and Dempsey both had just really, really great individual efforts. Uh, Even Shits dribbled through like three guys, great shot. Dempsey. Oh my God. The free kick. You haven't seen this free kick from Clint Dempsey. Just put it on loop. Well, I mean, you know, put your 65 inch TV out. Just roll it out of storage. You know, you got it in storage because you live in a studio. But roll it out of storage, set it up. All right, put this on there. I know it's a 4K. Uh You don't need a 4K, but that's what you got. Put that on, put it on loop, invite some friends over, have some like small uh, like small appetizers. Like a right? charcuterie Nothing plate? Large. Definitely a charcuterie plate. And just regardless of, of your interests, make sure you have both men and women here for this event. All right. Because who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be that good. It's going to be tremendous. But I mean, when you're watching it, just take note of the fact that only one guy on the wall for Dallas jumps. <laughs> I mean, yes, it was a great free kick. I'm not trying to say it wasn't a great free kick. It was tremendous. But if the wall jumps, it probably isn't a goal. So it's just a matter of, you know, it's one of those things where if you're a coach and you're just pulling your hair out. Because if, oh, if your wall free. jumps, you're out of there. You're at a draw and you have a road goal. If you're Dallas, frankly. You yeah, know, Seattle, sure. Seattle's so funny because – they can be so dynamic, they can be so incisive, they can be so active, but whenever they get in those ruts where you're watching Seattle, they can be so static. They just stand there. I think they're so used to Dempsey and Martins being able to just conjure something that mm-hmm. there aren't a ton of runs off the ball, and there's not a ton of movement when they're in the attacking third. Um, and you know, you rely on great individual skill in that instance. Seattle needs another forward. They do. I they think need- they need another midfielder, in my opinion. But well, yeah, I, someone yeah, who's willing to, to draw a defender, you know, because well, here- they got Ivanishvitz uh, or however it's actually pronounced. They have him. That's good. Did you say Ivanishvitz? No. I think you did. I said Schwitz, which is worse. <laughs> Ivanishvitz? I said Ivanishvitz. It was terrible. Anyway, but they have him. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. Uh, I do see – I get where you're coming from in needing midfield. But when you only have Clint Dempsey and Obafemi Martins, whose combined age is 707, mm-hmm. you may want to grab somebody else. You have Chad Barrett on the bench who shockingly sometimes can come out and do something. And Nelson Valdez who's OK. I think you need someone a bit stronger off the bench. Than, they need like the equivalent to Alan Gordon that LA have. They need somebody like that who you know he's going to come in and – actually is going to be ferocious. Like He's going to be a problem. I also don't think they really have anybody who can set the positive tone for them. I, I think I think part of the time, too, it's a mental thing. It's it's the You can see the entire team sort of become sort of blah at times mm. in games, and they're mm. not working particularly hard. And the thing is, is like, you know, the, the, the great voices on that team are the two forwards. Typically, you know, we're talking about those two big personalities, and they're, neither of them are particularly sort of encouraging. Dempsey sort of just does his own thing, and Martin's always just looks like he's going to pull his hair out when he misses a shot. And those aren't the types of person that you need to sort of maybe motivate the team around you. Uh, I, I, I get I get where you're coming from. I do like that Dempsey plays angry. I do like that Martins is an emotional player. Um, I wouldn't say I'd that like that, that too. Better necessarily negative things, but I but do you understand need to have what someone you mean. Else. That you don't. You don't have yes. 
uh, Darvington Nagby on this team. You don't have Dax McCarty on this team. Dax is exactly you, who I was thinking of. Yes, you, you don't. Like you don't have these types of players that other teams have. Um, that even when the going gets tough, I'm not saying that they're happy-go-lucky, but they're very focused and like positive thinking that that, that we're gonna get, we're gonna come together and we're really gonna get this thing uh, sorted out. They don't even have Michael Bradley, who I wouldn't say is necessarily a positive person, but he's just very focused all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just doesn't seem to matter if they're winning or losing. It's just always this intensity all the time. They don't have a midfield general. That's true, or any kind of general, frankly. Um, they do have people who are insane, and that makes them very interesting to watch. It's a lot of fun, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I also wonder if Roman Torres had, didn't get injured, what this team would look like. Because he was looking pretty good for those couple of games. That's a good point. Head, that's a good point. Uh, before he got hurt. So I'm very interested in seeing what that's going to be next season. But 2-1, Seattle, you win at home, which is what you need to do. Going to Dallas is going to be difficult, but we're going to cover that later. Before that, Gingers. We have a few more topics to cover. And you all heard the news. <sighs> At the time that you're listening to this, you've heard this news so often from so many people that it's old news to you. You, you probably have already forgotten it at this point. And we, frankly, started talking about it a week or two ago. Actually, probably two, maybe three weeks ago, the first time we speculated on it uh, with any seriousness. Hey, Alex. Yeah. Did you hear? <laughs> yeah. That the New York City Football Club. Yeah. To quote them. Parted ways. Yeah, it's funny how. With head coach Jason Christ. It sound, parted ways sounds like they both had a beer at like a outpost bar at an airport yeah. and they're just like hey i'll see you later yeah <laughs> like I don't get the impression that's how it i don't think that's went. how it went at even, all um even reading jason christ's very friendly way of describing the the departure it didn't sound like he wanted to leave so parting ways uh soft way of referring to it uh city football group canned him alex they did and you know first of all it's ridiculous it's ridiculous. I texted you as much when it happened. Yeah, I, I was a but little bit upset. Know. Gingers don't know that. I was a little bit upset at the moment. I, I, I don't understand how you can hire a coach, mm-hmm. send him to Manchester to get acclimated to your system, mm-hmm. take one of his two big players away until the middle of July, sign mm-hmm. a midfielder that he doesn't want, mm-hmm. don't allow him to, to make any other moves, really, that would sort of change the fact that you have basically an expansion roster on your team. And then mm-hmm. when you don't make the playoffs, despite the fact that you were actually playing decently well a little bit towards the end of the season before you get eliminated, mm-hmm. you fire him. I just, I don't, you know, there's people who are saying, yeah, well, that's how Europeans do it. And I'm like, well, that's cool, whatever. That doesn't mean it's correct, you know, mm-hmm. you know, this is something that's sort of kind of personal to me. You know, I, you know, we were joking about Virginia Tech football coach. If the reason that he's bringing that up is because the longtime head coach of Virginia Tech football is Frank Beamer. He's retiring this season at the end of the season. I'm going to go get to see his last game in person. I'm really excited about it. Um, but his sixth season, he went two and nine, and they kept him. And two years later, he won the Sugar Bowl against Texas in their first big win ever. Sometimes you need to allow a coach to put the right pieces around him, both with coaches and with players, to really get a vision going. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you there's plenty of quotes out there how coaches in the Western Conference used to hate playing RSL. They did it with not a ton of talent. They did it with not a ton of finesse. But they played arguably the most a- attractive soccer that was played in MLS at the time. So my True thing story. is... Why send him? Why go through all that rigmarole if you're only going to give him <laughs> one year to? It was rigmarole if I you're only going word. to give him one year really to get it right. I guess that's my question. You've got. I think that's a fair question. So before I and I'm just I have the misfortune of being in the devil's advocate position here. And before I do that, a uh, couple of things that I need to remind the listening gingers of the. Current supporter shield winning Jesse Marsh, the New York Red Bulls, was originally the Montreal Impact's coach in their expansion season, and they fired him. It took a little bit, but it worked out okay for him. Yeah. It worked out. Jason Christ took over Real Salt Lake back in, uh, what was it, 2007, and they were terrible Yep, his first season. Absolutely Terrible. They had they only had ten wins. I'm sorry, no, no, no. In 2007, they had six wins, fifteen losses, nine draws. They had 27 points. Goal differential negative 14. Mm-hmm. Their top goal scorer five goals. At the time, there were 13 teams. They were in 12. That's not great. The next year, they went to the playoffs. The year after that, they won the MLS Cup. So, <laughs> so that would be entirely in your defense. And Gingers, we know how I feel about it. But just for the sake of this being a conversation and we have to talk about something other than everybody agreeing, does this little piece of information matter, Alex, that the agreement that Jason Christ agreed to was that he was going to get New York City FC into the playoffs in the first season, which he did not do. But that was the guarantee. That was the contract. That's what was going to happen. And once that didn't happen, cannot an argument be made that City Football Group just exercised what they felt was indeed their right here. They didn't, they didn't make the playoffs. That was the guarantee. He didn't deliver. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly an argument worth, worth making. It, I, I think the bigger point is that, you know, we, we talk all the time about how players maybe underestimate the quality of MLS. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing to me makes me think that City Football Group thought that they could just buy a few good names and come in here and just dominate the league. They didn't mm-hmm. get it. They didn't really understand the athleticism, and the physicality of this league. And so if that's the case, my thing is, if you're Jason Christ, why would you agree to that? Mm-hmm. You know, I, obviously they're paying him an inordinate amount of money. It must be a risk. And here's the thing with Jason Christ. Jason Christ is going to be just fine. He's going to get a job any second now. In oh, fact, yeah. by the time you listen to this, he might already he have might already a job. Have job. <laughs> he um, he's going to be able to do on his terms. You know, if a, a place like Chicago hires him, He's gonna, well, now they're a contender, frankly. He, they are, and he's going to have time to build what he wants there. Here's my thought. Uh, I have a lot, as you know. 
um, I think something changed with how City Football Group felt about Jason Christ as the coach of this team. And I don't mean right at the end. I actually think it happened uh, maybe not quite halfway in the season, but right around there. There seemed to be a point where the personnel decisions were no longer ones that he was approving, which to me indicated a lack of faith in what decisions Jason Christ is capable of making. Because by hiring him in the first place, you're sending the signal that uh, no, we're not trying to come in here and just do things the way the Europeans do it. We recognize that there's a specific American way of doing this, uh, uh, this type of coaching, this type of leadership in this particular league, and we need someone local, someone with that experience, someone who knows what they're doing to lead this team. Otherwise, we won't succeed. And we found the person who many in the league would say he's the best suited for this. He knows the league backwards and forwards, knows how to make magic happen, get people to play beyond their capabilities. This is someone who you can build a franchise with. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why it seemed like they were getting Jason Christ to begin with. And even at the time it was hiring, and I believe we even talked about this on the podcast, it w- would have seemed to indicate that you're willing to do several seasons with this coach. Because historically, it doesn't, he's not a one season and we're uh, contenders immediately. And RSL wasn't expansion when he took it over. They'd already been around for a couple of years. Um, he he needs time to like get the right players and then also to believe in the Jason Christ philosophy, which is the thing. Yeah, right? and he's he's very much you know there are managers out there that probably are very comfortable playing many different types of football, many different types of formations, and and, mm-hmm. and how aggressive you are, basically just to meet the the um, the personnel that you have to sort of optimize that output based on who is on your bench and who's in your team sheet. Um, I don't think Jason Christ is that guy. Jason Christ, you know, everyone talks about the diamond. The, the big thing is with Jason Christ, outpossess your team, chew them apart in the midfield, have good players out wide who can shuttle the ball back and forth. That, that's essentially what Jason Christ likes to do. He can do it in different formations, but... When you have your wide players being, no offense to these guys, Jeb Brovsky, uh, sometimes Chris Wingert, you know, it, it, the pieces aren't there to really fully, fully take advantage of how he likes to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, there's a lot of things to this. I, I you know, I, I get the sense that maybe this wasn't a great fit after all. You know, mm-hmm. I got that feeling as you were talking about earlier than this, like earlier on in the season where there was a lot of decisions around sort of who's going to be the next, you know, the next pickup in terms of personnel. You know, I, I think a guy like Andrea Pirlo was forced on Jason Christ, which is a hilarious thing to say, but I get that impression though. Yeah. And you know, it's all of a sudden you have a defensive liability there in the midfield and you haven't built your team around that. You know, if it if it gets people to go to the games, in some way it might be a success. But I, I think that you could put a big-ish name in that position instead of Andrea Pirlo, who mm. would have maybe taken us to the playoffs this year. Definitely possible. I think that firing Jason Christ was a mistake, and it'll prove to be a mistake. And by that, I don't necessarily mean that New York City FC will fall off the the edge of the earth. But I do think wherever Jason Christ ends up, he's going to be successful. Of course he is. I know 
that there's a lot to be talked about about who's going to come in next for NYCFC. But since we're on this Jason Christ talk, let's talk a little bit about Jason. He is technically out of the job. He's unemployed. Probably the best – well, who's not avail- who's available, the best MLS head coaching prospect. That's just, oh, I think far away he is. Yes. Uh, I do like Mike Petke a lot and I do believe he's going to get a job this offseason. But uh, you have Jason Christ available all of a sudden. Alex Kibler. I'm going to put you in the role, not of Jason Christ, but instead Jason Christ's agent. What's our move? I think, I think first and foremost, you make it very plain to any suitor that comes calling that all personnel decisions are going to be yours and yours alone. I think that's a big one. I, I don't see a need to leave MLS. He's never coached a second anywhere other than this this league. So, you know, I'm not trying to say that he can go abroad, although I bet there might be some abroad teams that might be interested. We'll have to see. Um, but I think the big thing if you're Jason and you're Jason's agent uh, is make sure, we're talking about fit, that the place that you go is the right fit and they're willing to give you the keys to the car. Because I feel like, really, City Football Group never really gave him the keys to the car. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Where do you want to see him? Uh, I, I mean, Chicago needs a coach. My, you know, my future um, team, Chicago future Fire. Team. Uh-huh. Would, would you, as the new hire Jason Christ? You bet your ass I'd hire Jason Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wise. Yeah. <laughs> Wise Thank choice. you. Yeah, you're, you're trying to say that that's a bad idea. Wise choice. No, Thank I'm you. Not, I appreciate I mean, it. I'm not saying that at all. I yeah, mean, a, that is a very wise choice. I will very tell you though choice. that I am genuinely concerned about who they're going to hire next. Because now, if you're NYCFC, you have a vacant head coaching position, and there have been a lot of names thrown around there as to who. Well, might... well hold on before we get into that, because we definitely do want to talk about that. To yeah, make it wrong. I've got to get a shot at this, right? Mm-hmm. I've got to get a shot at where Jason Christ goes. Here's what I'm doing. I'm Jason Christ is uh, uh, agent. We're getting our interview with Chicago Fire. We're putting the name in. We're just we're going to go there and we're going to talk to them, see what the deal is. They already have a GM. That's Nelson Rodriguez. He comes from the league office. He was GM at Chivas USA while it was burning down. But uh, that was one of their best seasons. Yeah. <laughs> they actually look pretty good. And he seems very excited about turning things around over there in Chicago. We're going to talk to him. Talk to him, see what's up. I am going to see what overseas possibilities there could be. Specifically, I want to see what Stayback or Stabak, however it's pronounced, what they're thinking, because Bob Bradley is almost certainly leaving. Almost certainly. And they seem to be open to the idea of having an American coach. Jason Christ may find the idea of immediately having European play, because they're in uh, the Europa League qualifying. They've already qualified. That might be appealing. That might be interesting. And Jason Christ is only like 41 or 42. Mm-hmm. He's a fairly young, young man. man in the coaching world. Maybe dip your toes overseas, see if anything interesting is there. MLS will be here when you get back. And I guarantee even if you come back four years from now, there's going to be a job for you. Oh, 100% Doesn't there's going to be a job for you if you decide to come back. Doesn't yes. If you can make the bold move, bold step. Yeah. But you know what else I'm doing? And I already hinted this to you before. I'm calling as quietly as I possibly can. <laughs> Which is for you not very quietly. Fair. <laughs> the Seattle Sounders. Yeah. I'm calling the Seattle Sounders because 
the person who my client had the most success with, Gareth Ladraway. Can you imagine? He's the GM of the Seattle Sounders. Garth. Siggy Schmidt. Is it Garth, not Gareth? Did I do it wrong? I think, um, whoa, I thought it was Garth. Hang it on. Could be. I get, you know what, Ginger's, I'm not very smart. That's entirely possible. It's but. spelled Garth. Do you say oh, Gareth? I said Gareth. I thought it was Gareth. I think it's Garth, like Garth Brooks. That's what you go with? You don't go with... Name another famous Garth except for the one in uh, Wayne's, World. Wayne's World. I forgot that's about that. That's the famous one. Well, All that's debatable. Country bumpkins. Now, listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That has got to be an appealing destination. Oh, of course it is. And that Siggy is not... His coach. Well, and health isn't great either if you're Siggy. He's had some health issues here and there. There have been actually rumors he's been thinking about retiring for a while now. Yeah. Um, there's also this separate rumor that if Seattle doesn't win the MLS Cup, they're going to fire him anyway. Which is ridiculous. That is ridiculous to me. He, he got them a supporter shield last season. It's not like he can't do anything. <laughs> he has two MLS Cups. It's not like he can't win an MLS Cup. Um, but I could see if you're him, like, there's been health issues. He's missed games for health issues a couple of times this season. I think once last year as well. I think he's 62, potentially 63. Uh, I can see him retiring, and if he does, that's got to be a good one. Can you imagine Jason Christ with Clint Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? It'd be crazy. And you know what else he's good with? These obscure players. Yeah, yeah. He's very good with obscure players. I don't know how better to phrase it than that. And Seattle is starting to get those people because of their new GM. It's like, oh, we have Roman Torres, a person you've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but who seems to be good? Like, they're, they're very good at scouting these folks. I think that would be a pretty powerful pairing. But don't be surprised, Gingers, if, if Jason Christ throws uh, a wrench. Two possibilities. One, the infamous, I'm going to take a year off, which he could do. Because uh, I know he has a young family. I don't know how young. Um, but he just moved them from Salt Lake to New York. And maybe you're not that interested in moving yet again. I could totally understand that. Sure. Uh, or you could do the bold move of like, hey, let's see if anybody in uh, anybody overseas wants to give this a shot. And I bet someone does. It'll be small. It'll be like a Norwegian team. It'll be somebody like that. But at age 41, 42, however old Jason Christ is, something like that, not a bad deal. Now, on the topic you wanted to talk about. Who does NYCFC hire? And as you know, Gingers, who follow me on Twitter, I've already thrown my hat in the ring. I've never lost in MLS. I wanted to just point that out. Yeah. But who... Your record speaks for itself. Speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. I've never lost. Not a single team I've coached has lost an MLS game. Mm-hmm. Nobody else... It's pretty amazing, can, really, as a statistic. Actually, the, everyone that they're considering can say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? First of all, talk about what the rumors are and who would you actually like to have? Well, I mean, who I wouldn't like to have is a guy like a Fabio Capello type. Uh, who would be – I know you just said a Fabio Capello type. Who well, first of all, there, there isn't. Capello no, yeah, that's a good point. There isn't uh, a type. There's no one else really in the Fabio Capello mold, right. thankfully. Um, you know, honestly, one of the rumors is that Siggy is in the talks to do it, which is crazy to me. A rumor of that. 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. You know, my big one, and you know, the more I think about it, what I really want is Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira won a world cup with France. He's been the youth development teacher, uh, coach, pardon me, for teacher. teacher. I went with teacher. Youth development coach for Mm -hmm. Manchester City now for a few years. Um, I would love that hire for a couple reasons. One is that he understands how to get a lot out of youth talent Mm -hmm. and, and how to motivate that type of player. But I also think that you're going to get maybe a little bit more pull when it comes to who you can get on loan for Manchester City um, because he's a City football group guy. And one of the big things is that Jason Christ was very obviously not a City football group guy, so to speak. Um, That rift was getting decently wide um, even before the firing. So, I'm hoping it's Patrick Vieira. I'm horrified that I think it's going to be Fabio Capello. How upset are you going to be when it's Fabio Capello? Well, it just shows that they have no comprehension of how MLS works at all. Oh, it it would be such a mess, Gingers. For those of you who are somewhat new to the league, European managers don't have a great record. As MLS coaches. No. They really don't. They tend to struggle for a lot of reasons, but the big ones are because MLS is structured just so differently. How you get players, how you do trades and transfers, and like how all that stuff works just isn't how it's done elsewhere. But because that's not the way it's done elsewhere, they're often unprepared and they do poorly. They'll trade draft picks in weird ways. Like, that's not really how you should be using your draft picks. Well, yeah, they don't they see don't, the value in them. They don't see the value in them. They don't see the value in your allocation ranking. And then you get burned and you can't get Clint Dempsey. You can't get these guys. Um, they, they overspend for a European name without considering like he has to play with someone who only makes sixty thousand dollars a year. Like can that actually happen? I believe you see some of that happening on NYCFC right now. Yeah. Uh it's like you have a world class player next to somebody who just came out of college. Chris Wingert. <laughs> or yeah, or yeah, you got Chris Chris Wingert or whoever it is you have. But you have to deal with what you have. You know? Yeah. And you can get these there are world class players who can do it. Look at look at what Drogba's doing up in uh, Montreal. He can absolutely play with people who are let's just call it what it is far below his talent level, but he can make it work. Then there's guys that can't, like Rafa Marquez, never could get over. No, it. never. Um, you know, it's funny to me. I, I if I had a dream hiring, it might mm-hmm. be well. I, he's obviously he's not available. Although you never know, I would pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Right now, mm-hmm. and I would call California, oh, and say, "Hey, Bruce, not happening. Here's a shit ton of money. I'm gonna have to bleep that. Not happening. Come coach for us. Here's the thing. I think he would do it, except he's just seen how Jason Christ was treated by City Football Group. I think. I think if that relationship had gone over better, that he actually might be interested. I don't think he would do it. I don't think he would do it, even without the firing. Well, he would have to get fired like, in order for the job to be available. It's so cushy for Bruce right now at L.A. He makes all the decisions. He's the GM in L.A. He yeah. makes all the decisions What I'm saying LA. is let him do that here but pay him twice as much. Let us just pick up whatever you're getting right now and the deal that you have. Here's two times that amount because City can pay it. You know what, though? But like AEG 
They could probably pay it too. Like I don't know what Bruce makes. In fact, we don't know what any of these coaches make. Unlike the players whose salaries are public knowledge, which is kind of weird, but it is. Uh, we we don't know what any of these coaches are getting paid. I wouldn't be surprised if Bruce Arena is getting paid like far more than anybody. That's probably <laughs> that, true. That would not surprise me. You would have to shell out a lot. Hey, remember <laughs> that time that Red Bulls fired him? That was I great. Do. I do. <laughs> That was they great. called him. They called him. They I genuinely him hope that. Well, and it already looks like this because he's already won the MLS Cup. But I hope that people look back on the Jason Christ firing as 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 stupid as firing Bruce Arena. I think it will. I think it'll look like that. It'll look like. Um, well, maybe it won't turn out this way for Montreal, but it'll look kind of like Montreal does with Jesse Marsh. It's like, oh, that probably would have worked out if you stuck with him. Yeah. <laughs> if they, I think they would have been further along than where they are right now, even though they're in a very good place right now, but they probably would have been, this wouldn't have been their, uh, the best they've ever done in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, this would have been the second time they did it or whatever. But anyway, um, we got some quick, think, uh, news and notes after on, this. On, yeah. On, yeah. Let me finish this. I don't think Bruce arena is going anywhere because just how comfortable that situation is in LA. He gets whatever he wants, whatever players he wants to have. He can say whatever he wants to have. It really feels like he, he, from ownership perspective, can do no wrong in L.A. Like, this is the worst performance they had uh, in the Bruce Arena era, Era is right now, this season. There's no talk of there being a hot seat at all, which would be foolish. Also, by the way, Jaime Pinedo might be coming back. You need a keeper. God, we do. Really, really bad. We can't have these old men. Right? We just can't do it. Before we get to the playoff games this weekend, we have a few little quick notes to talk about here. San Antonio purchasing the stadium for the Scorpions, and they want MLS in San Antonio, Texas. I love the move. I love the move. I love that their city's getting aggressive, just like Sacramento's getting very aggressive. I would love there to be a San Antonio team. Me too. I like there being more teams in Texas. Texas is a big state. A lot of people live there. None of these cities are close to each other, which is something that if you've never been there, you might not be aware of. Like they're nowhere near each other. Um, And they all hate each other already. Like they already have a natural rivalry. I love the move. I hope they can pull it off. However, I want to see Sacramento first. I also, this brings up the question sort of how big will the league actually go? Because we already have 24 teams sort of in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. What is USL up to? Like 38? Like something ridiculous? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, I'm going to find out actually how many there are. Whatever it is in USL right now, it's it's ridiculous how many teams there are. But you already have Atlanta coming in, LAFC coming in, Minnesota United FC coming in, and every single day it looks more and more likely that Miami is getting a getting in yeah they seem to be getting closer and closer to getting that stadium deal done and frankly that appears to be the only issue is that they don't have a stadium right everything else is in place already everything else is in place and they're ready to go um so once that happens you still have sacramento who's chomping at the bit to get in right who seem by the way turnkey ready you you could probably start this team tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> you could just have them as an MLS team. You've got them. You've got San Antonio that's getting aggressive. And keep in mind for those of you who don't follow the lower leagues, when this team started, the stadium that they own—well, now the city owns it—but but, but the stadium that they have was designed to be expanded. It's designed to be expanded for MLS-sized crowds. So it's not like they even have to find a new location. Like they're ready to go. 
I could see them. I would like to see – I know we're going to have Atlanta. I would like another team in the south. I would like somebody in maybe one of the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. I would love that as well. Some, like a North Carolina team would be really good. Um, I would like a team in the, another team in the Midwest like St. Louis would be good. Uh, let's see. What else? That's the thing. I don't know. After that, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty set. I, I, don't, I don't need much else. Um, Because L.A. would have two. New York would have two. I would like to see New England actually move into Boston. But beyond that, I don't think any other team needs to be in that part of the country. Like there doesn't need to be a Connecticut team or something. I think you could have like a Providence team or somewhere in there. Man, those are are close teams. (laughs) I would love that though. I would love to have like a Providence-Boston rivalry. Fantastic. It sort of would be like my I I see that as San Jose versus LA. I, I that's how I see that sort of rivalry. Like you have the you have the Bookshaw version and then you have the big money version. If I was going to force another team into the East, like the Northeast, I mean, I'd probably go to Hartford before I would go to Providence, but I see where you're coming from. Just because Hartford also has a better like professional sporting history than Providence does. Yeah, but they couldn't keep the Whalers. I don't know. It's tough. It's true. Anyway, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think, think so either. Uh, news out of Montreal is that the impact confirmed that Drogba apparently is not going to go on loan or for sale to Bologna, as was previously reported. That's got to be a relief to the supporters. Yeah, right? I, I'm still, you know, I wonder if there, he's going to get any sort of off-season loan deal. I, I doubt it. Um, you know, he's a, not a spring chicken, but I, I think they, if you're Montreal, you need to hang on to the good thing while you have it because he's yeah. playing out of his mind right now. He's playing out of his mind, but he's also probably only going to play for like another year. Yep. Yeah. Either he's going to walk away for uh, another big money deal someplace. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing that that Indian league that pays people a fortune now, that like new league in India. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that for a year because he's already done China. I, th- none of that would shock me. Um, also, you know what wouldn't shock me? Plays a year and retires. Yeah, that me neither. That wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. Not at all. Speaking of retiring, news <laughs> around U.S. men's national temp camp today, Eddie Johnson hanging up the boots after this season. This one, it's it's bittersweet. Um, Eddie, when Eddie was on, Eddie was great. Oh, when Eddie was having a good day, he's probably <laughs> the best true forward we ever had. Oh, he was great. It's just that he was he was inconsistent, and he couldn't be bothered half the time. <laughs> true. <laughs> he's like true. whatever. I don't care. True. But if he Eddie had a different on, head on his shoulders, that that skill set that he had when he was a young man was oh. out of this world. Even even late Eddie Johnson was pretty powerful. Remember his time on Seattle? Yeah. He looked fantastic. Yeah. And him pairing up with Clint Dempsey that like one season that they had, like that looked like a pretty good pairing. Uh, but ultimately Eddie had the issue with like I'm being paid so much less than Clint Dempsey and we're doing the same job. Yeah. Which I get, but Clint Dempsey's better than you, but I understand that he doesn't view it that way. Yeah. Uh, and he, he forced the move to D.C., goes to D.C., they uncover that he has this, like, congenital heart issue, which we've never gotten a lot of details for, but I don't think we really need these details because it's serious enough that he can't even play. This is, he's a young man. He's, he's not old, but his 
and I, I'm afraid it's one of those, and I don't remember the name of the, the particular heart issue, but it's where like one of your heart valves is mutated, and you you have seen you've seen this happen to soccer players, you've seen it happen to football players, like a guy who's otherwise in great health will play a game and just fall over dead. Yep. And that's that's the worry if you're a professional athlete with that kind of a deal. So it's it's bittersweet, you know. It, he was always he's always going to go down in history as the sort of what might have been player. He, he's more than almost anybody I can think of for the USA, except for maybe Freddie Adu, who frankly could still play. He could still do it. I know it's it. crazy, isn't it? He's he's so young, which still blows my mind. All the rumors about like is that really his age or all that's one thing, but I'm gonna take him at his at face value that this is how old he is. Freddie Adu's probably only 26. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? He could come back. He, he could come back. The sixth uh, so, coming of Freddie Adu. Uh, uh, but uh, Godspeed to Eddie Johnson. I, I'm glad he chose uh, his health over just forcing his way through this and like trying to play anyway. Like, good. Listen to your doctors. I believe you're making the right decision here. I look forward to whatever it is he does next. He hasn't specifically said what it is, but based on his conversations, it sounds more like youth coaching, that kind of thing. Best of luck to him. Uh, and I, I hope he has a bright future. But he will be missed because when he was on, it was exciting. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Bob Bradley, mm-hmm. as previously discussed on this show, is apparently very, very near to signing with the League Two side. And I'm going to let Jeff use the pronunciation here. Le Havre. Perfect. Your French is, is impeccable. No. Uh, <laughs> My French is impeccable. Impeccable. first, folks. Yep. French. Mm-hmm. You're going to put that on your resume like tonight. Um, good move? I think it's a great move. I think great it is too. I think you have a chance to play in League One in the next couple of years if you're Bob Bradley. He's already mm-hmm. proven he can take you know, lower-level European teams to good heights, probably just because he teaches them how to play defense, which isn't something that's very popular in that part of the world. It no, isn't. It's amazing, really. Watch um, Gingers turn on any game. In any league and that is not the top of the league, like it's not the top team in the league, none of these people play defense. <laughs> Nobody does. And he can get you doing it. He can absolutely get you doing it. There's a couple of reasons why I like this move, and I know we talked about it before, but uh, exactly things you're talking about, he has an opportunity to lift a team up. Because it's a team that has ambitions, but they don't, they're not like a big-name team. They're not, uh, they don't have a huge history of like winning leagues and stuff like that. He has some room to play with here. Whereas if he went to a bigger-name team, uh, you have to win today. And I think that's not the best fit because – the problem that Bob Bradley's running into by being a pioneer American coach is that any time a mistake happens, are we like, yeah, well, he's an American. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like that, that's always going to be uh, the criticism for him if anything doesn't go exactly 100%, you know, the way it's supposed to go. But I see a bright future here. I hope this is the deal. I know he got his previous team, well, technically not previous. The season's still going on. I know he got Stabek uh, uh, to Europa League qualifying. I used to think it was direct to, Euro- to Europa League proper. That's not the case. It moves to the qualifying rounds. They're still not in like knockout rounds, so not there yet. I know that means he's turning down European competition, but you're playing these other, like, no-name sides, so it's not like you're missing much. Uh, 
and and you can only say in your resume, I got them to European qualification. Like that's what I did. You know, this team that wasn't supposed to be anything. And I bet La Havre, or wherever it's pronounced, has more cash. I know they have better facilities. And better food, probably. And better food. And I like the image of Bob Bradley traipsing about France. Jeff. He's very funny to me. You and I are going to go to a La Havre game. Are we? If he gets... We should go! Can you imagine? Straight we, red in France? We, get, we can get a, we, we go get, to France? We should get a sit-down interview with Bob Bradley. Can you imagine? Uh, if he goes there, we're doing it. I'm calling him tomorrow. Bob, get Bob on the phone. Who is this? <laughs> get Bob on the phone. <laughs> get Bob on the phone. This is Alex. <laughs> this is Alex. I have I have something serious to talk about. Anyway. <laughs> Hold on. Move, I, I think this should happen. Where, where, do, where is this place? Lahav? <laughs> I have no idea. Look it do up. Do we airport? <laughs> Let me, yeah, let's hope so. I'm going to move on. You can look that up, okay? Um, December the 10th, DC United will be unveiling their new badge. I was surprised. I know this wasn't news to you. I guess I'm out of the loop. I'm surprised that it's being redesigned. It's not that bad. Well, here's the thing. If there's like a median of bad badges, (laughs) if you were to take... New England's badge out of the equation. DC See, that's the thing I can't do. You but. can't. But what I'm saying is, is that that's the only reason that you think that, though, is because their badge is so bad. The badge is real bad. It's real bad. If if New England's badge didn't exist, you would be like, oh yeah, that DC badge is not great. And for me, it's the <laughs> font. It's the font for me that's so terrible. He kept saying that. He kept saying that. Well, I think a lot of this has to do with, though, you're trying to get a new image for DC. They're, they're fighting very hard about getting that new stadium built. Looks like it's going to happen. Uh, sounds like a little eminent domain being used, which I don't approve of. But the stadium seems to be happening. Got to get people amped up. You got to get people excited because you're about to spend a, a huge amount of money, huge capital expense, and you you want to get you want to inject some new energy into the team. And you're probably looking at the uh, Sporting KC project, formerly the Kansas City Wizards, just by doing a rebranding. Suddenly, people are showing up at the game. Yeah, uh, those things get noticed. Those things get noticed a lot, so I'm not. I'm not going to be surprised. Well, I was surprised because I had never considered that to be one that needs to be, you know, fixed. What's, but uh, here we are. What's that noise? That is not me. That's the neighbor. That's they're, annoying. Are they cooking? Off, yeah, they're setting off their uh, smoke alarm. Of course they are. Perfect. It's not like we're recording a show or anything. Anyway, Chris Kennedy, the Houston Dynamo president, says that the team will and must. Build around Kubo Torres. I think this is good business. He's clearly your best player right now. <laughs> Duh. I think he's he's definitely a player that has a lot of upside for them. Um, I am curious about what he specifically means by that. But like you're going to build your team around him. Are you talking about you're shedding some weight right now? Like who are you getting rid of? Who are, you, who, who are you saying is on this team right now that is not good enough? And I would just like to point out, Gingers, because we brought it up earlier, Houston Dynamo, someone famously got themselves a European coach. They have Owen Coyle. They did not make the playoffs. So they got to do something. They're spending a lot of money, right? They have a lot of interest. They, 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 they want something big to happen here. They do have to make a change, so I don't blame them wanting to make a change, but uh, we'll see what happens here. Stay tuned we'll on that one. And lastly, Fabian Johnson. 
America's last great hope. That's not true. Um, he's a good player, though. Scores his good. first UEFA Champions League goal. And it was a great goal. What a 12 months this guy is having. I know. He's looking real good. And also, this goal is beautiful. I'm not saying it's the best goal you've ever seen, but it's like it's clean, it's efficient, it's 100% his. Go watch it. It doesn't look like uh, how I feel a lot of Josie Altidore goals look like. Did you even? <laughs> no, you it's an accident. It? Exactly. He, Josie Altidore has made a, a living on scoring on accident. Happens every week. Oh, my God. I can't get over it. Cannot get over it. But, yes, look it up, Gingers, if you have not seen it yet. Jeff, it's time to go around the league. Is it that time again? Yes. Conference oh. semifinals, leg two. This like Sunday, goats. November the 8th. Two games on ESPN and two games on FS1. Can you believe it? Can't First, believe it. 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's 12 p.m. Pacific. Red Bulls at home, D.C. United. I got Red Bulls 2, D.C. nil. I was not impressed with D.C. And Red Bull Arena is not an easy place to win unless you're the Red Bulls. Yeah. And I'm going to... Somehow Jesse Marsh has his team playing like they're underdogs, even though they're not. They have the supporter shield. Uh, the uh, fight that he puts in them is really amazing, isn't it? It really is something else. It's, it's pretty fantastic. Else. I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two one. I think DC might get a goal in this one, but that's okay. easily enough to put Red Bull through uh, to the next round. Uh, Five p.m. Columbus at home against Montreal Impact once again on ESPN. <sighs> this is a tough one for me. Me too. This is a tough one for me because I really like Montreal, um, but only recently, as you know, Gingers, only recently, whereas hashtag new, true, uh, new crew, I've been riding that train all year. And they've looked really dangerous a lot. <clears throat> and they've looked very good in Columbus. Yeah. At home. The thing you have to keep in mind here is that 1-0 doesn't do it. 1-0 no. is not enough. That's one nil, not, you still lose. That's not enough. I think this 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 game is going to end up as a draw. I haven't decided how yet, <laughs> but it's going to end up as a draw. It's going to go into extra time. It's going to go to penalties, and Montreal's going to win because they better penalty kickers. Wow, that's a bu- is that the first? I think it is clearly the first time one of us has picked a game on penalties. It's craziness. Now that I've said this, it'll be a blowout. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's going to be a 1-1 draw, which means Montreal will go through. I, I think that Montreal right now is the better team. I think they're playing more exciting soccer. I think the thing with, with Columbus is that they're almost the exact opposite of Seattle, where when they're playing poorly, they're almost too fluid. And what I mean by that is they look disjointed. You have players in no semblance of a position, <laughs> and there doesn't seem to be a lot of sort of coherence with how they attack. Mm. So it's, it's interesting. They didn't look that great against Montreal. They created some chances, just, but, but frankly, it's just because Camaro, Higuain, and Miram are just good soccer players. You know, I don't see that really interconnectedness that they had in the middle of the season when they were winning games like four and five. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I think Montreal's going to go through here. Um, Seven thirty. Okay, so at, at least we both agree Montreal's going to go through. We but do. It, yes, it, it's going to be a tight one. I think they're actually fairly evenly matched teams. I think so too. FC Dallas, seven thirty p.m. at home against Seattle Sounders on FS1. Now, lest we forget. There it is. Seattle won the first leg 2-1. Dallas got that road goal, that place. 
Yep. He's thinking. I'm taking Seattle here. Seattle away. What? In Dallas. Yeah. You're a you crazy know why? person. You know why I'm taking this? Because I think you're going to take Dallas, and I want to I keep it interesting. I'm taking Seattle to win this thing. All right. Um, what would they need to win this? They don't really actually need anything. They could walk out of here with a draw, but I'm actually going to give it uh, uh, Seattle 1, FC Dallas nil at home. If you think Dallas isn't going to score at home in the playoffs, you're a crazy person. Well, I do have that paperwork that verifies. Dallas 3, Seattle Sounders 1. Dallas goes through. How dare you? Yeah, you're drinking your box wine. You're mad as hell right now. Vancouver at home against the Portland Timbers, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Also you known like as I'll either. be sleeping. <laughs> yeah, go um, ahead. Portland one, Vancouver nil. You're a crazy Winning person. You're a crazy you know person. Why? I want a Cascadia Western Conference final, and I'm going to call it. I got both Seattle and Portland making it. Vancouver two. No. Portland Timbers one. Portland puts up a fight. They put up a fight. Vancouver's too much for him. I'm going to enjoy taking all of this money from you. I really am. Rattlesnake Frank Kibler asked a question to me the other day. He said, who, who is he, who's he supposed to pull for? Who are you pulling for? Galaxy's out. NYCFC's out. Our teams are out. <laughs> who are you pulling for? Well, I'm pulling for Portland in the West. If you could pick a team right now, who do you want to win MLS Cup? Oh, I want Portland to win. I want Portland to win. You know, it's tough for me. I want... I think I want Vancouver to win. How dare you? You're because because I just want to like Not look anymore. smart. Not until I get those, <laughs> those the paperwork. Or, or Montreal. I think it would be a great story if Montreal won. All your teams are Canadian. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah, A. Do- I'm Ugh. actually Canadian in disguise, A. Ways that you can get in touch with That's us, Ginger's, A. Straight Red Pond oh, oh. on Twitter. That's Clear the show. At Jeff is famous on Twitter. That's Jeff. At Alex says Kibler on Twitter. That's me. The S stands Are for you? soccer. Straight red at iCloud.com. Straight red podcast on Instagram. And straight red on Facebook. Jeff, it is now time yes. for everyone's favorite part of the show. Unless you're most of our you listeners. You made this part of the show. I did. And people love it. Except I've never heard anyone actually say that. Jeff, it's now time for quiet I time with Jeff. Say that. I have not. Jeff, time for quiet time. Jeff, what do you have for the gingers tonight? You said Jeff five times. (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you'll make a podcast Mm -hmm. with a friend of yours. Yeah. And your favorite part of it is that you openly mock him (laughs) on his own project. Yep. Then he'll complain about it. And you would think to yourself, you know, if I was a good person, this would change my behavior. Yeah. However, (laughs) I am not a good person. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I shall double down. Alex Kibler eats his own pee. Wait, that involves like freezing or something. You turn it into a gelatin. I don't know how you live your life, all right? (laughs) Ah, you're a pee eater. Pea gelatin. Go forth in soccer's gingers. You're gross.